Good evening and welcome to tonight's episode of Editing Aloud, where we'll be talking about the day's dramatic events which started last night in Zimbabwe. With me tonight are Tim Cohen, editor of Business Day, Ray Hartley, our digital editor, as well as the FM deputy editor, Sukunati Manjanja. Uh, we'll just get into it, gentlemen. Um, last night, dramatic events in Zimbabwe, military takes over. What does it mean for Zimbabwe and what does it mean for SA, its neighbor? Tim? You know, I mean, it's very interesting, this coup, because uh, first of all, you know, when, uh, uh, you know, somebody on a military uniform came onto the TV to say there's definitely not a coup taking place, you know that you're talking about a very odd coup, you know, but it is a coup. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but but it's interesting because um, the, uh, the um, obviously what, you know, this, the, the, the preceding events mm -hmm. were that Robert Mugabe nominated his uh, his wife mm -hmm. as the new leader of ZANU PF. Yes. Um, Ousting the, um, the deputy, president. deputy president, uh, and that has sparked a whole kind of turmoil within the party, and mm. uh, and uh, the um, so uh, um, uh, so now you know essentially what's happening is that the existing powers within ZANU PF, mm. um, you know, they're not trying to to, to uh, change power. Mm -hmm. This is the oddity of it. Mm. What they're trying to do is solidify their own power within mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. within the party. That's uh, and and it seems like they've done it mm -hmm. uh, as we. S sit here, you know, uh, so it's not completely clear, but I would bet they've, uh, they've got it under control. Mm -hmm. So the, the, um, there's, there's a whole bunch of constitutional problems because, you know, uh, uh, Robert Mugabe uh, is elected directly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so he can't really be, you know, he, it's not like in South Africa, he can't be ousted by parliament or, or his, you know, party. The, his own party, you know, mm. he, the, uh, so how they get around that problem will we, we be still very have to interesting see, yeah. for them. Ray, your take on it, what are the implications and what does this mean? mean essentially well I think it's I think it's a very clever coup mm. uh, because th because it's not a coup because what they're doing is protecting the president mm -hmm. and his wife at their residence and they haven't removed him from power because as soon as they do that uh, removing from power it's a coup mm -hmm. in the dictionary definition mm -hmm. and then Sadek and the world will have to make a decision about what to do and to condemn it and mm -hmm. well, you know, with mm -hmm. the implications and sanctions and all that. And whoever takes over will then be an illegitimate mm -hmm. um, leader. But what I think they're trying to do is force Mugabe to step down voluntarily mm -hmm. and to install this guy, uh, you know, uh, Manangagwa, who was chucked out by Mugabe. Mm -hmm. As the as a sort of acting president until they can have an election. Sukunati, I mean, why has it taken so long for this moment to come in Zimbabwe? And is it a moment to behold for Zimbabweans? Olisa, there's something first. I learn everything in the English language. Uh, Ray says they will force him to step down voluntarily. Or they'll ask him to step down. So obviously the story changes by the, by, by, by the hour. As we sit here this evening, uh, Jacob Zuma has already confirmed that the man indeed has been kept very safely in power at his own residence together with his wife. So uh, by the end of the show, a lot will have changed. Why has it taken th this long? Mm -hmm. It's exactly what we're going through here. Yeah. Uh, that one little step, one incident, you mm -hmm. remove one vice president, you remove one president there. Uh, everyone keeps thinking, ah, it's not me. It's just, it's just Joyce Mujuru. It's just Kanan Banana. It's just yeah. until 
if you remove uh, Mnangwangwa, you've removed them all. The, the great crocodile is out and all the minnows definitely know they have no place uh, regardless of their role which they believe they're entitled to mm -hmm. as you as you did here general uh, chiwanga saying uh, we who played a role in bringing this revolution about so they feel entitled and 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 now we remove the biggest uh, crocodile in the room and they, they they think okay now we've got a and you're putting as they say the the criminals uh, like like Joyce Mujuru who's trying to st who's trying to steal uh, sorry uh, what's her name Grace Mugabe who's yes. trying to steal the president's via a marriage certificate someone said uh, last week mm -hmm. Th they feel all vulnerable because they should if Robert Mugabe has got no rep uh, no, no respect for Mnangwangwa mm -hmm. has got no re respect for Joyce Mujuru and these are the people that not only fought colonialism and war but they also massacred their own people they are together in the trenches yeah. if you can get rid of those it just means i as general chiwanga am nothing tomorrow you'll get rid of me as he did try yesterday uh, to to get rid of muka of, of uh, chiwanga so there's also an element of self-preservation as well it in is. the main no, 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 more than that it's a total act, it's a it's it's all about self-preservation yes. i mean the uh, i mean the backdrop to it is that you know the uh you know the economy stabilized for a while you know yeah. there was a period of yeah. time but yeah. recently um the, you know, the, the the inflation has come back not in the form of money inflation but the uh, product inflation which yes. is something that you can't stop yeah. Uh, so the economy is in a, a very bad way, the uh, uh, worse than it's ever been. You know, yeah. the, uh, so uh, it was clear that something had to had to uh, something had, had to, to, to go. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next topic. Now we're going to talk about yesterday's bond sale. It was mm. a record bond sale for SA. However, investors were asking for a premium in terms of the interest that they're charging. What does that mean? Well, it just means that we pay more for our debt. You know, the mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know the the, the estimates that uh, Treasury were putting out really not six months ago, that uh, South Africa's debt level, debt to GDP ratio would stabilize at around about, you know, somewhere between 50 and 53% uh, are gone. Um, mm. And uh, mm. so uh, this is a, um, you know, it's, it, it also suggests that, uh, that, that uh, you know, by the time that the rating agencies you know, which get is a next week, which is next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of finally come out with their decision. Uh, you know, the uh, the market would have already sort of moved um, and would have priced it in. I mean, I, I had a look yesterday. It was quite interesting. So uh, Brazil's ten-year bonds mm -hmm. um, are trading around about ten percent. Ours are trading around about uh, um, nine and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, the um, uh, and yet. Brazil is theoretically junkier than junk, junkier than junk <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're not even junk. So you know, it's clear that the that the, the you know the markets are expecting the uh, at least one of the two rating agencies, most most probably both of them, mm -hmm. um, to put South Africa fully in junk status. How did we arrive at this point, Ray? Well, I mean, it's the you know the the fact that we have this massive shortfall and that we have to borrow, mm. and and I mean, this was the biggest bond sale ever. Mm -hmm. And you know, and it's going to become a regular sale of this size from mm -hmm. now on, and the price is much higher. Yeah. So it's the indebtedness which follows from a failure to control spending and a failure to gather sufficient revenues. Yeah. Simple as that. So, Ko, I in terms of you know your ordinary South African, why should you be concerned about what's happening? That's exactly the the the, the, the biggest problem. For the first time in this. Uh, medium-term budget statement. For the first time, the finance minister did not increase the, uh, the social grants payment mm. in October. Mm. 
did not increase the old age pensions. Now, not many people noticed that except those that do receive them. Yes. That is the key. It starts there, stabilizes it, and then it goes down. Yeah. Uh, we, we, what it basically means is that more and more money, uh, Malusiki Gaba said 15% of the budget now gets spent on service and interest. That has just gone up. Yes. Uh, more and more money will be taken away from the social grant uh, recipients to save his debt, yeah. which means in real terms uh, the, 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 the social grant payments and old age pensions will not go, will not grow, and when we are junked, and when we are now begging for our sovereignty at the, F at the IMF, they will say, reduce those payments too high. That is what it means. Mm. It's one step at a time, and that's how we got here. We've been junked for the past uh, 10 years. We, we've been, uh, our, our credit ratings have been dropping, and we have not noticed until at the very bottom. That's where we are. Okay. Briefly, before we go to our ad break, um, Nuclear, the controversial nuclear program, is it back on the table? Because there's been a lot of ratcheted up talk about the fact that, you know, the recent reshuffle was a signal that it was game on again. Yes. I mean, we don't know. I mean, I, you know, the, uh, it's uh, every time uh, someone says it's off the table, someone else says it's on the table. You know, I mean, it's on the table. So, uh, every time everyone says, well, it's definitely not going to happen. You know, the, the no lesser person than the finance minister said that uh, 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 just immediately after his appointment that it was, uh, you know, fiscally impossible. Yes. Uh, but uh, then the Minister of Energy said that it actually it was possible and they were going ahead with, you know, the opening up the bid process. And, and the president like himself said so, said the nuclear is going to happen. Yes. Now, uh. he, of course, we all know that Jacob Zuma has got no concept of, concept of money. Uh, but if he ever needed any, any uh, indication that there is no money for the nuclear, he only needs to look as far as ESCOM. Yeah. Uh, there's absolutely nothing to pay salaries after December, uh, yet he goes on about nuclear. Uh, he wants another 40 billion rand for the for the university fees, he, things that are... He wants to go on a massive shopping spree, he, he basically. Goes, exactly when the wallet is completely empty, he goes on a massive shopping spree. And he knows absolutely nothing about money. If you needed any confirmation, this is it. Of course, only if the money does go into his pocket does he recognize it. Okay. I mean, Ray, is it realistic for us to want nuclear in the current economic environment? Well, no. I mean, it's completely unrealistic. I mean, there is no way that we could afford to finance a capex of that size and mm. impose the debt on future generations. Mm. The most expensive way. Mm. And there's a you know, very big global report being released about how nuclear is now the least chosen, mm. chosen option by you know, any country that's developing energy infrastructure. Okay. And then, I mean, lastly on this point, um, would they be able to do anything at all before the conference in terms of pushing through some sort of a anything on nuclear? No, I don't think so. I mean, the, the you know, the, the conference is so... Uh, Divided over leadership issues, you know the uh, so the theoretically the conference is going to address some you know policy issues too, but um, but you know realistically with such a uh, you know contested conference just seems unrealistic. Does this lend credence to Konati to talk that you know there are other forces that are behind this program, and then we've made commitments that we have to honour? There's no other way of explaining it. 
there's absolutely no other way of explaining it. Uh, Jacob Zuma is desperate for this thing to happen because promises have been made to other people that we will give them a nuclear deal and we have seen no less than four statements coming out of Russia that we have uh, the nuclear deal in South Africa. That is why, and, and he knows uh, just like Robert Mugabe, he's on his last legs now. Once you go to the conference, anything can happen there. So he at least needs to be showing uh, his friends that, hey, we, we, we've started the nuclear process, we've delivered, comrades. And then lastly, I mean, does this undermine, um, like you've mentioned earlier, ESCOM is battling on its feet. Does this undermine our you know, power producer programs, our renewable energy program? The, the, the fact that we cannot uh, produce nuclear and we should not be producing nuclear is great for the economy. It actually is good for ESCOM because, as we have said, it does not have a cent to its name. Mm. Uh, there's absolutely nothing there. It's great that we can't do it. But the fact that Jacob Zuma is pushing ahead against against all all evidence that we can't afford it is really bad for South Africa. It, it, it It's showing why the rating agencies have been so wrong for so for so long in, yeah. not, in not junking us as early as much. Yes, it just because shows it was too optimistic. Exactly. Okay. They were too optimistic and we, we have taken every opportunity to show them how wrong they were. All right. Uh, then we have to take a short break. There afterwards we'll be discussing more of these hot topics. Welcome back to tonight's edition of Editing Aloud. Um, back to more pressing matters with regards to South Africa. We've had the dramatic resignation of Michael Sachs, the head of budgeting at the Treasury this week. Um, in terms of our budgeting process, what does it mean and what does it say and what message is that sending out? Well, you know, I mean, this is very extraordinary. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing that a Treasury official, that the RAND can, dr you know, drop a percentage point on the resignation of a, of a, of a Treasury official, not, you know, not the finance minister, not even yes. the second, you know, not, you know, the, uh, um, but so, you know, it, uh, it's very symbolic what's happened here because, yeah. um, because Michael Sachs was in charge of, you know, the budget office. Uh, mm. So this is basically the, the, the organization that coordinates um, uh, and filters the different needs from all of the different departments and really makes the difficult choices about yes. who should get what. Uh, uh, uh. So, uh, and it was always done, you know, with, with you know, impeccable professionalism and uh, with a, with a, with a view. Just sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the idea was always to try and keep South Africa's fiscal integrity intact, right? Yes. Uh, so now uh, it appears that there is a, uh, that the whole process has been subverted in a sense, the cabinet there's a cabinet committee uh, which which will issue a mandate uh, mm -hmm. to the um, so they've uh, uh, so you know really this is a kind of a, a very important internal struggle within uh, government mm -hmm. um, you know the the uh, which is very worrying because as Sika was saying the the um, you know we we are sitting with a government that doesn't sort of seem to recognise you know expenditure limits you know mm. the uh, mm. they don't seem to respect them or they've given up on the idea of them or or they 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 they're so desperate to try and win support through you know uh, whatever means whatever necessary. means necessary that they uh, that that you know the uh, borrowing requirement can you know should is to be the last requirement the yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Ray does this tie in at all with you know the rumors that are swirling about this announcement that President Jacob Zuma is going to make about free fee education yeah I think that's a definitely I mean it's this tussle who runs the 
the the country's finances. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you know, Pravin Gordon was removed, and we can now clearly see he was removed so that the presidency could move in and actually determine how the budget is mm. is done. Mm. Um, and you know, no lesser person than the president's future son-in-law is 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 the person who's proposed this 40 billion rand expenditure on free education mm. at the expense of a bunch of social programs mm. and now you know the next um thing is the whole nuclear question so there's a standoff lucy gigaba thinks that he can say that this is not making fiscal sense mm. but president zuma doesn't care you know he his his closest people are his security aides and he's made one of them energy minister mm -hmm. and he has said we're doing it. So there's there's going to be a standoff and if Kigaba doesn't come on side, Kigaba will be gone. There are already rumors that he's, he's on the outside and might be might be out. Okay. Um, Sukunati, in terms of this uh, no-fee higher education proposal that supposedly Michael, I mean uh, this Masutha character proposed to Jacob Zuma. Um, the Sunday Times was reporting at the weekend that it was stopped by the Treasury before Jacob Zuma made his State of the Nation address earlier this year. What conditions gave rise to this new emboldened attitude that they can suddenly go to the Treasury and dictate to the Treasury? If, if, you, if you remember, early this year there was something called budget office that was created by in the presidency and, and, and uh, it was made at that point to sound like the president would have the final say in the, on the budget. Yes. That was shortly after removing Pravin Gordon. And, and now the, this is their first major decision and of course he wants to leave a legacy of the president who made education free. Uh, never mind uh, whether that is possible or not and the quality thereof. Uh, but that, that, that's, where, that's, that's where it is. And, and Malusi Kigaba cannot, cannot stand up to Jacob Zuma and say no, no, no. So the, the president goes right ahead and does it and appoints Mpumi, Mpumi Mpofu and others in the, in the president's in Jeff yes. office to, to specifically look at the budget at the school, at, at, the, at the no fee universities. And uh, th that's because the minister now he has will not say no. And he knows that. And the minister, of course, knows that for, for the next few months, he still owes his, uh, his existence in that cabinet to the president. President Jacob Zuma. But then, does the, do the politics surrounding the no-fee debate now defile a legitimate discussion about the structure and the efficacy of higher education? Because the fees that are charged at universities, I mean, are quite exorbitant, especially for students who come from severely poor families. And some of that is being lost because of what's happening in terms of the political maneuvering. Th that is a discussion we should always have had as a nation, and there was a time of plenty, that time of harvesting that Malusi Kigaba mistakenly uh, put now. And that time was I is now gone. We were talking about uh, just now about a huge deficit in the government. We cannot at this point, as, uh, as the economy stands, and it's certainly not in the manner that Jacob Zuma wants to introduce that. You cannot afford it at this point. Definitely we should be able to put a uh, free university education for the poorest people in this country mm. but that is not how government policies are done government processes are done you you, you do a cost-benefit analysis and and see 
what you can do. You can cut, for example, uh, 50 of those ministers and deputy ministers there and, and, and start funding maybe the first 1,000 students per year. Yes. That, that's how it starts. You don't just uh, go big as if you're going to go home afterwards. No, mm. you have to keep going and you start small. Okay. But Jacob Zuma just thinks he can do it. But I mean, this is you know the interesting thing about this is that it's in contradiction to the hair, 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 I'm not hair, 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 <laughs> the uh, we, the uh, which which was you know proposing a, uh, um, a you know subsidised fees for for both poor and uh, middle class kids. Yes. The uh, the uh, but you know the, the kind of irony is that you know university students you know th at the mo at the time that they're at university they're very poor, right? Yes. Um, but they are in the longer term over their kind of lifespan they are. You know, the, uh, some of the most uh, upwardly, mobile. Uh, upwardly mobile, and there's there's no reason why they should b should benefit necessarily more than in a in a in a situation of constrained resources than somebody who is you know looking for a job you know who would never would never you know uh, be able to get one. Yes. Um, most universities, the vast majority of university students, um, will would be able to pay back their uh, their fees. Mm -hmm. um, you know, over the duration of their their careers. So the question is really, do you want, is, do you really want to, to specialize that group? You know, you want to lift them out and mm. say they are the ones that should, you know, should, should benefit uh, from, from the system, from the, the, system most. the most. They can organize themselves and march to your offices in Pretoria. You definitely want to. <laughs> 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 to you want to make a plan for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the commission had a very wise thing, which, which, which is that, you know, you would repay these loans contingent on having the, the wherewithal, the money so. to do so. Yeah. So yeah. if you graduate and you get a job and you have and that job is pays you sufficiently you then start paying back but if not then you don't pay back so you don't have that obligation and it, it should be said that though you know worldwide the trend is towards um, uh, university students paying something for towards their, their, towards their, education. their education which is uh, not is precisely because they end up you know in the, the best paid jobs eventually you know so yes, yeah. uh, it's only fair. Okay something also that's related to the fiscus Dan McKeela the PIC CEO was in Parliament yesterday and um, he told parliamentarians that the PIC is not averse to investing in SAA your thoughts, Sikonati? He's said that before, but there are conditions. Mm. Uh, SAA has to be managed like a proper uh, corporate company, and at this point it is not. And SAA has to be rated at investment grade at this point it is not. SAA has to guarantee a return on investment of inflation plus 200 basis point at this point it is not. SAA has no governance. He has said that before and he repeated it yesterday mm. because he was being pressurized. When are you guys investing in SAA? Mm. Why are they interested in the PIC investing in SAA? Because all the money has been stolen everywhere else but the PIC. Yeah. So right. they, they, they are desperate for anyone who, who can sign a check. And Daniel Machila at this point is the person that can. Sign uh, off on a big check. That can sign off on a big check. Ray, will the union federations allow that? I mean, they've made a lot of noise about saying, you know, their pensions mustn't be touched and they will kick up a firestorm if... Dan Makilo, anybody else, um, invest their money into SAA? Well, you see, I know the set of conditions outlined there, I think, that, you know, no, because, the, you know, if SAA achieves all of those things, and, 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 and including a return above inflation guaranteed, then 
there wouldn't be any reason to complain. But under the current circumstances, it would essentially be just pouring the money down the drain. Mm. And that, that I think they would definitely not well, accept. What I would love to see in that conundrum is when uh, the workers themselves, let's say a formal decision and a request uh, to amend uh, the processes that govern the investment of the PIC. If it is put, I'd love to see whether the workers l will say, okay, the 11,500 workers that work for SAA can go to hell. We're not putting our money there. Or yeah. we are gonna, I'd yeah. love to see them make that decision mm. to save the pensions or save those 11,500 jobs. Uh, it, it would be best if they were on that board of the PIC, formally represented and voting on 25% of the vote and say, let's make a decision. We, we, we shove our money there and it sinks as the rest of the money has or we let those guys go. Okay. Yes. And then um, finally, yesterday as well, um, on Tuesday, Eskom board spokesman Kulani Koma uh, made testimony to the ongoing inquiry into governance issues at Eskom. And he made dramatic testimony about uh, public enterprises minister Lynn Brown. Yeah. What did you make of that? Well, I mean, I think that the you know the, the I mean this is Sikos knows much more about this than me, but the uh, I mean I think you know all of the. Uh, the chickens are coming home to roost. You know what I mean. Mm. Uh, you know, so th this is what happens if the organisation starts, you know, going bad. Is that uh, uh, you know you get the it just increases infighting. There's a, there's a more and more uh, people sort of like make a grab. You know, they say mm. my, my chances now of getting money out of sort of less. So the so the the the, the level of malfeasance escalates. Mm -hmm. The uh, and now you know it's everybody's involved. You yeah. know what I mean. I mean yeah. it's uh, and the revelations just uh, extraordinary, I mean, extraordinary, shocking. And, and they're blaming each other, they're telling each other they're lying, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, your thoughts on this, briefly? It, it, it's great that people are standing up to Lynn Brown and calling her a liar because I personally have for quite a long time believed that there's something wrong uh, about Lynn Brown. Mm -hmm. the, the truth about her may be very, like, maybe the worst thing to come out. And what better place to come out than Parliament where there's parliamentary pri privilege. Okay, and then finally tonight, we end off on a light note. So we found out the bad news. Unfortunately, South Africa is not going to be hosting the 2023 Rugby World Cup. I see that you're quite sad. You're looking no, very I despondent. I it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just, I wanted to see, you know, the Jacob Zuma take, put on the number six jersey and walk around the stadium and everyone says, Jacob, Jacob. Well, I know. That's a very pessimistic outcome in December <laughs> that you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Is this good news for us? I mean, many people said we couldn't afford to host it in the first well, place. Um, you know, at the rate with the way that we're playing at the moment, you know, to, to we might not qualify. At least as host, <laughs> as host, you automatically qualify. Um, so it's bad. It's terrible news. <laughs> Look, uh, it's it, it's it's the best news ever. <laughs> uh, it's really the best news ever that we will not be hosting another party for the world at our own expense. Uh, 2010 left us with a huge bill. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we've done the Cricket World Cup before, we've done the Rugby World Cup before, we've done the Soccer World Cup before, we have proven we can host these things, we, we have arrived. We did not need to do it again at the expense of South Africa. Look at Brazil. Uh, what did the World Cup do for them? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. We've saved a lot of money and uh, we've just come out of that Olympic fiasco that uh, that Figile Mbalula had organized. Yes, the, the Commonwealth. <laughs> so we, it, it, it's really great news that we are not able to host this, this World Cup. And of course, I wouldn't want to sing Kosasa Nadlamini swanking around with a big t-shirt, like extra large. <laughs> in uh, any uh, case, we lost to France where we won in 2007. Maybe that might be a good omen for us. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us for tonight's edition of Editing Aloud and good evening.